Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 16. Verse 32 and 33. What has happened before we read this? Ahab. Everybody say Ahab. We used to remember that by saying Ahab to Arab, but I don't know if that's true. But Ahab. Ahab was reigning over Israel. He had married an evil woman by the name of Jezebel. Evil. Controlling spirit. Jezebel had convinced him to start worshiping an idol, false god, mainly Baal. How I many knows an evil woman can control you? They can make you do a lot of things. That's why we've got to pray against evil women. And smart men, we need to pray. Lord, give us some intelligence to stay away from evil women. So, we find the story unfolding that they are worshiping Baal instead of God. Verse 32 and 33, Brother Chris. And he reared up an altar for Baal. This is Ahab. In the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Now, as we have read so many times, God was provoked many times by the children of Israel and kings. But this says that Ahab did more to provoke God to make him mad, madder than any other king before him. How would you like to have that on your reference, on your resume, that you made God madder than any other king? Verse 1 in chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And these years were three years. Somebody say three years. Three years God had, had, he had enough, and he sent Elijah to warn them there's not going to be any rain because you are worshiping Baal, because you're not worshiping me. I'm holding back the rain for three years. Actually, it was about three and a half years before, and you'll find that out a little bit later. But it was three years to begin with that he was holding back the rain. How many knows when God's had enough, he's had enough? When God's had enough, he's had enough. And God of the Old Testament is still God of the New Testament. And if you want to try to play games with him, you go right ahead. But when he's had enough, he's had enough. Turn to somebody and say, don't mess with my God. Amen. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the book Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and that is before Jordan. And verse 6 says, The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. 
And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. But God was taking care of Elijah. Somebody say, God takes care of his prophets. God was taking, he said, I want you to remove yourself from the situation. Give them a warning, and then I want you to remove yourself from the situation and go hang out over here. I'm going to take care of you while they suffer, while they are persecuted, and while they are in a famine because there's no rain. But he told Elijah, I'm going to take care of you. Let's go on to chapter 18. What we are finding now, Ahab and the governor of his house, Obadiah. Everybody say Obadiah. They had gone separate ways to try to make sure that their cattle was, was able to eat and different things was taking place. So they had separated and went different ways. During this time, Ahab had sent out many people to try to find Elisha. I mean, not Elisha, but Elijah to come and reverse the curse. To come and take this curse back of no rain. And every time he'd send a messenger out and they'd come back and say, we didn't find Ahab, they were dealt with harshly, it says. They were, they were slain sometimes because they couldn't find, Ahab, I mean, couldn't find Elijah. Everybody with me? They couldn't find Elijah, so Ahab would slay his messengers or would deal with them harshly. Obadiah was separated from Ahab. Obadiah all of a sudden comes in contact with Elijah, who they've been looking for to reverse the curse. Let's see what happens. Chapter 18. Verse 1. one. Okay. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave. And wait a minute right there. Jezebel was so strong in her controlling spirit that she scared so many men, so many people, that Obadiah went against actually Ahab during this time period and said, you know what, I fear the Lord. I'm going to take a hundred of the prophets. I'm going to hide them out. So now Obadiah is coming back before Elijah, the prophet, and, and, and Ahab is going to probably find out that Obadiah also hid these hundred prophets. So Obadiah is now in fear of his life, and he was the governor of the house of Ahab. Stay with me, because I'm getting ready to preach in a moment. Okay. Verse 5. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all fountains of water, and unto all brooks. Peradventure we may find grass, to say the horses and the mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him. And he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou that my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned? that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee, that when they said, He is not there, 
he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee, whither I knew not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. I mean, picture this now. Obadiah is afraid for his life, and all of a sudden, he come here, uh, Isaac, if you would. I'll use you for a second. Randall, if you would, come here a second. You don't have to pray this time. I'll just stretch you a little bit more. Hey, Amen. Here is here is Obadiah right here. You, you got <laughs> so Obadiah. <laughs> Obadiah is here, and he and, and he's telling Elijah, "Listen, don't go anywhere. I've got to go get Ahab." Don't leave. I've got to go get Ahab. This was the war that was taking place in, in Obadiah. He was saying, don't leave, please. Because every time we've done this before, they've come, they, they couldn't find Ahab. I mean, Elijah. So don't leave, Elijah. Stay put. He, now don't leave, Elijah. Stay put. And then he'd go leave. It was, it was boring because he knew that if they came back with Ahab and Elijah wasn't there, Ahab was going to probably kill Obadiah. Somebody say Amen so far. Okay. You can be seated. Thank you. All right. Don't leave, Elijah. You're leaving. We can leave. Okay. All right. So we find in verse 17, it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Art thou the one that, that caused it not to rain? Art thou the one that, that, that made this whole situation take place? You're the one that caused all of this. Verse 18, if you would, Brother Chris. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandment of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. You know, and it's so the same way today. People want to blame God for everything. It wasn't Elijah that caused it. It was their own sinful nature and their own stuff that was going on with them that caused the problem. Elijah was just a messenger. Somebody say Amen. Sometimes I have to deliver messages to people, whether it be through preaching or whether it be through counseling or whatever, that people don't want to hear because they got themselves in a mess. Somebody say amen. But it wasn't God that put them in that mess. It was them that put them in that mess. I'm the messenger telling them how to get out of that mess. Somebody say amen. And they don't want to hear that sometimes, Chris. They don't want to hear the instruction of how to get out of a mess. Somebody say amen. All right. Praise God. Let's see what happens. Where are we at? Verse 19. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. And the prophets of the groves, was, was it was a 
plain area with a lot of wood, and there was, it was connected to the temple of false gods. Somebody say amen. So now we're looking at 850 false prophets. 850 false prophets. Verse 20. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. We're going to read that again in just a moment. Matter of fact, go ahead and read verse 21 one more time. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. We are a fickle country. Somebody say fickle. Man, we change our opinions like nothing. I mean, and this scripture is saying, how long are you going to be between two opinions? Who's your God? Back in the 70s, I picked a football team called the Raiders. And they are about one of the worst teams ever. They see, they've won a few times back a long time ago, but now they, they just don't win a lot. But I am not going to give up on the Raiders. I am not a fickle Raider fan. I am a fan of the Raiders. I will always be a fan of the Raiders. I'm not sure why, but I'm not giving up. Somebody say amen. But as soon as the Raiders start, I mean, as soon as your team starts losing, a lot of people change teams. A lot of fans are fair weather fans. They change. When Kentucky was going through some hard times last year, how many people jumped ship about January when South Carolina beat them so bad at South Carolina? Was it last year? It was last year. Yeah, they looked pretty bad. The Harrison twins were not performing. They weren't doing what they should be doing. They started out being Kentucky fans, and then they took their hats off almost. There was a lot of fair-weather fans that started grumbling and complaining. Somebody say amen. Opinions. They had the opinion that Kentucky was falling apart. And then all of a sudden, during the tournament, they turned it on. And all of a sudden, they, they were looking great. And everybody wanted to be a part of Kentucky. They put the hat back on. Somebody say amen. All right. Many times, when everything is going good, we want to put the hat of I love Jesus on. Everything's going great in our family. Everybody's going, everything's, the kids are acting right. We're having a great financial season. Everything's happening right. I love Jesus. He is so awesome. But as soon as turmoil comes, we want to put this hat on, the world. And we turn to drugs and we turn to alcohol and we turn to all these things to try to, to fix our problems. Somebody say amen. When all the time, if we kept the hat I love Jesus on, he would have got us through it, through the fire. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. But we're fickle so our opinions change from time to time. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you right now, the only opinion that matters is God's opinion. There's coming a day when, when you're going to stand before God and He's going to say, this is my opinion of you. Somebody say amen. He's going to say, this is my opinion of you. Do we need to be praying for something back there? Mike, what's happening? Okay. Praise God. Well, then we need to pray right now. Amen. In Jesus' name. Dean is having a seizure right now. Reach your hand this way in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Father God, we come against these seizures right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heal her right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heal her. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. Just leave who has to be with her right now, and the rest of you, Linda's right there with her, and Sherry, and everybody else, kind of come back to your seats if you would. She's okay. She's out of her seizure. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. If they come, are they coming with the ambulance to pick her? Okay, no. Okay, good. How many knows that God's going to take care of her? I said, how many knows and believes God's going to take care of her? I'm of the opinion my God can heal her of these seizures. What opinion are you of? Verse 21 says you're caught between opinions. I'm of, of the opinion my God's a healer. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So I will not take defeat in Jesus' name. Praise God. We are claiming victory for Dina this morning in Jesus' name. Verse 22. Then said Elijah to the people, I, even I, only remain the prophet. He was the only prophet left. And I'm going to go ahead and cut because of time now. I'm going to kind of get through the story. Elijah is the only prophet left. True prophet. Now, there was a hundred hiding out somewhere. Don't know where they was at during this part of the, of the story. But he was the only true prophet left. And he challenges those 850 prophets total, the 450 that were there with him at that moment. He challenges them and says, if, if your God is God... Or my God, we're going to find out today who is the real God. Somebody say amen. So he said, I want you to go kill some uh, sacrifice. Get them ready for the altar. I want you to go kill them. And I want you to bring them and bring it and put it on the wood. And then call for your God to bring fire down to light it. And then when you get finished, I'm going to call on my God, which is God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. And I'm going to say, and call fire down. And we're going to see who God, whose God wins today. Somebody say amen. amen. So, here, here, we, here's the showdown. Let's find out what happens. We're going to have to go probably down a few scriptures there, Chris. Start in verse 25 right there. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of the Lord gods, of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar, which was made. And this is the first mistake. When I was raised as a child, back at Walnut Grove days, and we had altars, and churches nowadays don't have the altars like that, but when they had the altars, there was a, there was a standing rule. You never stood on the altar. Has anybody ever been to churches like that? where You, you reverenced that altar. You did not stand on that altar. 
And it was a long time before they would even allow anybody to sit on the altar. But finally, I think they did because people couldn't kneel sometimes. But you did not stand on that altar. And here was the prophets of Baal making fun of, uh, and, and getting on that altar and leaping around and saying, Oh, Baal, come on, come on. And leaping on the altar. They were disrespecting the altar already. Already they're in trouble. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Let's go on. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is on a journey. So, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awake. So Elijah was starting to get cocky. Somebody say amen. Come on, what's your problem? What's the problem with your God? What's happening here? Hey, your God's not performing. Hey, come on, call him. Come on, come on. Call him. Come on. Is he not answering? I don't, even, I don't tell you that, that you should do that all the time. Now, Elijah was a prophet of God, but I don't think I would just go out and just taunt the devil. I think you're asking for something you don't want to mess with sometimes. Somebody say amen. We don't have to go pick our fight with the devil. Somebody say amen. But he was, he, here he was making sure we're going to find out who God is, and he was saying, where's your God? And he was taunting them. He was mocking them. He was making fun of them at that moment. What happened, Chris? And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out of them. Why do we have so many people cutting themselves? Why do we have so many people looking for... Because they've called on their God, the God of this world, and their problems are still there. They are still messed up. They are still uh, under depression, oppression. So they turn to cutting themselves. Harming themselves. In this day and age, hanging themselves, shooting themselves, whatever. They turned to harming themselves because their God was not coming through. Go ahead. Verse 29. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. First thing that God spoke to me yesterday, and this is what we're going to start doing. One of the things that's lacking in our church today is respect of the altar. When it was said when I was growing up, I remember, come to the altar, lay your burden on the altar, come to the altar. People would run to the altar and get saved. We provide an altar space, but we have lost the respect of the altar. So God instructed me to do something. We're bringing some altars back. I need Randall and Wayne to go over and pack those, and Jason and Isaac, pack those two altars over here. Somebody say amen. Say, Gary, you've lost your mind again. No, I'm doing what God told me to do, and this is what we're going to do. Amen. Praise God. Place one of them right here, guys, and one on the other side. Hallelujah. The first thing that Elijah did was repair the altar. Put it right here in this corner. Right here. Bring that one over here. Same way on the other side. Praise God. Y'all having fun? He, he can't walk backwards. Bless his heart. Amen. So these altars are going to sit here. And we are repairing the altar. Somebody say amen. 
we're bringing back the respect to the altars. So when somebody has a problem and a burden, know you can come to the altar. There's still going to be altar space here. And if there's too many people kneeling down at the altar, we can still pray for you. Don't think you've got to stand in line. But we are repairing the respect and repairing the broken down altars. Somebody say amen. Are you all with me on this? How many, how many has been in an altar before you knelt at the altar and poured your heart out? Amen. There's something about kneeling at an altar. There's something about... I think that's where we've got... Just come and shake the preacher's hand before people got away from the altars. Just come and shake my hand. But we want to make sure if you're coming for salvation, if you're coming for whatever, come to the altar. Somebody say amen. Is that good? Amen. Praise God. Repairing the altars. What happened after the repair of the altars? And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. The trench was symbolizing the separation from world and, and God. The separation of world and God. You can't have two hats. You can't wear two hats. You've got to have a separation. Somebody say amen. This trench was symbolizing that separation. Go ahead. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice. He put the wood in order. He crossed the wood like a cross. Somebody say amen. And then he put the sacrifice on the cross. You know where I'm going with that? Jesus is our sacrifice. Somebody say amen. And then he said, Fill four barrels with water, symbolizing the four corners of the earth. That this is for every man. Somebody say amen. Go ahead. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. Three times symbolizing the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The three manifestations of God. Somebody say amen. The three personalities of God. However you want to say it, it was symbolizing the Holy Trinity. Somebody say amen. And the water ran round about the altar and he filled the trench also with water the water was symbolizing the word of god go ahead 36 and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that elijah the prophet came near and he said lord god of abraham isaac and of israel let it be known this day that thou art god in israel and that i am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and it consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. And I tell you, we've been praying for fire of the Holy Ghost to fall so much around here. We love it when it does. But the fire of the Holy Ghost will never fall on us until we first make a trip to the altar. Until we first make a trip to the cross. Somebody say amen. When we have taken our sacrifice to God at the cross or at the altar, then we can expect fire to start falling. Amen. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Amen. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. 
and they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Now here's the problem that we have right now too, guys, that when we, we break free of things, when we break free of bondage, when we break free of all the stuff that, that, that the world tries to offer us, when we break free of that, we forget to kill it off. We break free of it, but then we still entertain it. We break free of it, but we still have it in our homes. We break free of it, but we still hang around it. What happened here, they killed the prophets. They cut the head off, just like David cut the head off of Goliath. You've got to get rid of You can't just break free of pornography and still have pornography in your house. You can't break free of drugs and still have a cabinet full of drugs in your house. You can't break free of alcoholism and still have beer in the refrigerator. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Young people, sit up back there if you would. Thank you. Let's sit up. Praise God. You can't break free of things and still have it. People have asked me to come and bless their homes and, and, and pray over it and anoint, but yet they still have all these hideous video games and, and movies laying by their TV. The first thing I tell them, you've got to get rid of this junk if you want your home to be blessed. Amen. So here the, the prophets were killed, and we're almost finishing up here. Go ahead. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Okay, now the rain that was cut off, now they've turned back to God, and now all of a sudden we're hearing the sound of abundance of rain coming. Kathy had the right song this morning. I don't care what you're going through. If you'll just hang on... You'll start hearing the sound of victory coming, the sound of revival coming, the sound of that abundance rain coming back into your life, that spiritual rain. Go, really, Chris. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And you would think that Ahab would be with his head between his knees praying right now, wouldn't you? Because he's eating and drinking. And Elijah is the one praying. Somebody say amen. You would think when people come out of problems and, and when God brings you through something that you would have your head between your knees praying and thanking God. Somebody say Amen. But many times we forget to, to go that route. And many times, as soon as the, 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 the trial or the test or the tribulation is done and God has brought us through something, we forget how we got through that. We forget God. There's so many people that, that as long as they need God and God is, is and when He comes through, they, they turn their back on God. Somebody say amen. You can ask God all day long to help a situation financially and He gets you through that financial situation then all of a sudden you forget where your help come from and you, don't, you quit coming to church. I'm finishing almost. Somebody say amen. Brother Russell, my pastor at the lighthouse, went to pray for someone. I've told this story many times, but he went to pray for somebody in the hospital. They said, if God would heal me, I promise I'm coming to church Sunday morning. God healed him. He didn't come to church. He ended up back in the hospital on death, deathbed again. And, he, and Brother Russell went and prayed for him. And, and the guy said, I promise if God will heal me, I'm coming to church Sunday, Brother Russell. Brother Russell prayed for him. He, he, God healed him. He didn't come to church again. 
third time he ends up in the hospital at death's door. And Brother Russell comes to pray for him again. And he said, Brother Russell, I promise if God would heal me this time, I'm going to church. I promise. God healed him. He got out of the hospital and turned his back on God again and didn't come back. Ended up in the hospital the fourth time. And at that time, Brother Russell went and said, if you don't come to church this time, if God heals you, you're going to be dead in six weeks. God healed him. He did not come to church. He ended up dying in six weeks. God's not going to play with you forever. Somebody say amen. Matter of fact, God don't play with you at all. You play with God. He's not going to allow you to play those games forever. Somebody say amen. Just like the alcoholic buddy's brother. Grace is there. Praise God that God is there. But he's not going to... He's brought him to this place. He's brought him to this place. But now, if he turns his back on God again... God forbid. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. All right. So what happened after the seven times of going up and looking? And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. If he hadn't showed enough supernatural things right here at the end of this sermon, I want you to understand what happened. When the rain came, when the, when the heavens opened up and the rain came and Elijah was there and, and, and the heavens turned black and Ahab was there and, and Ahab got his fastest horses and hooked his chariot up and he took off towards the city of Jezreel and when he was on the way Elijah comes running past him waved him and beats him to Jezreel on foot another supernatural act of God somebody say amen so my question in going back to verse 21 says, How long are you going to be between two opinions? Who is God in your life? Stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Who is God in your life? Are you fickle? What hat do you put on in Monday morning? Do you, do you keep I love Jesus hat on? How fickle are you? Who is the God in your life? Can I tell you, God is not going to play games. God is going to bring his wrath out. And America better wake up or we're going to be facing the wrath of God. Somebody say amen. What opinion are you? I, 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 did, I was going to look up some statistics, but I didn't. But I guarantee you, if you ask the people their opinion of God in America, it would be alarming. It would be alarming. What is your opinion of God this morning? What is your opinion of where you're at with God this morning? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Can you, can you just be honest with me today and say, you know what? I have been fickle. I have been one of those fair weather Christians. When everything's good, I serve God. Whenever it's not, I turn to the world system. If that's you this morning and you've been turning to the wrong God, if you have not been acknowledging God as your God, the only true God, just slip your hand up so I can pray with you. Amen. Yes.